1: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
2: Welcome to another episode of Go Greyhounds. Funny enough, Callum or James are not here today. It's myself, Alexia Leia, and we're joined by the lovely Hayden King. Hayden, thanks for joining us here on Go Greyhounds.
0: Good morning, Alexia. Good morning, Leia. Nice to be here. Leia, good to
2: have good you morning. on the show. Good morning. Yeah, fresh face. Why don't you start by telling us and the listeners a little bit about yourself?
0: Well, basically, I'm a commentator here in WA. I call the racers, so that's often greyhounds. So over the past 18 months or so, I've started to really enjoy calling the greyhounds and getting to uh, getting to know them a little bit better. So I've really enjoyed my time in greyhound racing. Hopefully, I can learn a little bit more, and uh, hopefully, I can learn off you guys here today.
2: Oh, that won't happen. I'll be learning off <laughs> you, if anything, and Leia. Leia's a veteran in the game, and she's very good at what she does, aren't you, Leia?
3: Oh, well... Thank you very much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, (laughs) so the Anniversary Cup happened last weekend and it was a pretty good race, especially for Sunset, Spitfire and that team. Why don't we start by touching on what you guys thought of that race?
0: Well, terrific contest, but it was really a one-act affair in the end. Sunset, Spitfire took centre stage and he dominated, as he has done 11 times previously, made it 12 on Saturday and he was emphatic in victory.
3: Amazing. Exactly. Um, I'm with Hayden there. I was on track actually on Saturday and there was so much energy. Everyone was cheering Sunset Spitfire. And I don't think there was any doubt as to whether it would win. It was basically who would be placing because everyone just knew it would be Sunset Spitfire. It was
2: definitely a good run. I actually watched it this morning again just to, you know, get my head in the game. Let's move on to races over this weekend. Friday night, we head to Mandra for the Kanyana Cup and we've got five heats to cover over there. Why don't you guys, Leah, why don't you start by with um, race number one?
3: So having a look at race number one, the standout chances for me, I like the look of Jumbo Jet, who's a full brother to Tommy Shelby. One is last two, is very quick out of the boxes and steps down in distance here. So a debut over this trip, but I think we'll handle it well and should be able to lead. Although another standout chance, Alamosa Bill, jumping out of box one. So boxed very, very nicely. Didn't perform at Mandra last week, but now has a feel of the track and should be able to perform better tomorrow, especially with the, the draw out of box one.
0: Well, I'm actually going with Weston Roger. He attacked the line last start over the 5.20, and I think that was really good for his confidence. He'd been knocked around in his runs previously, suffering interference, and last start, he finally got that trouble-free passage, and I think Mandra actually will suit him. It's his first go at Mandra, but he does need room at stages in his races, so I think he'll get that at the bigger track, and I just think he's the best dog in the race. Look at his times. He's gone 29.67 at Cannington. I know he comes back to the 490 here, but I think he's really just the best dog in the race and I think he'll be too strong
2: late.
3: It'll be interesting to see how he runs with that squeeze box, especially with quicker runners on the inside and outside. But yeah, no quick times indeed with Weston Roger.
2: Leia was in good form last week. All of her dogs came through, to my knowledge. So Hayden, you've got a big big shoes to fill, big yeah, shoes
0: to live up to. Yeah, expectations. Exactly. And, oh, well, <laughs> hope I don't disappoint.
3: Let's move in
2: to race number two of the night.
3: It's a pretty open field, in my opinion. I don't know what you thought, Hayden. Withers, Manelli does prefer an inside draw, but also doesn't like traffic. So I think this wide draw might actually be quite handy and will allow for a clear run. But only if Ideal Fantasy misses the start, which is unlikely because he's pretty quick out of the boxes. Butternut Drawn, Box 3, who... I think we'll chase better over the 490. I think the 520 distance was a touch too long. And I say this because she found the front in her last start and led throughout but lost momentum towards the end. So good chance at the start of the race, but I'm not sure if this distance suits.
0: I agree. Yeah, butternut folded up last start. And Weston Mia was the one that ran her down. And I'm going with Weston Mia here, hoping the sister can follow in the brother's footsteps. That's a great litter of pups coming through there. The rest of the litter just starting their careers and starting to learn the craft. But Weston Mia was really strong last start over the 5.20 and two starts ago she nearly ran down mild Marcus over this track and distance. She's been beginning well enough to sit close here and I think that's going to be enough to claim them on the turn and I think she'll be too strong late. So hoping she can just settle close enough. I think she'll get enough room early and I think she'll be hard to beat.
2: So race two at Mandra, the common denominator from you guys was butternut. To see how that
3: goes. Well, well, we both kind of thought maybe could lead, but not really. We'll hold on to
0: it. Yeah, leading chance, but I just <laughs> doubt the strength of her at this stage of her career. She did get a little bit tired last start over the 520, back to 490, but she will be there for a while at least.
2: Yeah, well, we something to notice. Let's move into race three. Well, Hayden, why don't you start with your opinion of this one?
0: I'm going with number, f- well, in the fourth race, I'm going with number eight, Rambo's boy. isn't scintillating early, but he is pretty strong. And he ran on really gamely behind Sunset Spitfire last start at Cannington. This is his first go at Mandra, but I can't imagine the bigger track's going to prove a problem because he should be able to come across, and I think he can sit close enough, and I think he'll be the strongest late. So I'm going with Rambo's boy.
3: Very strong in the Anniversary Cup as well there, so good chance, especially out wide. I... Had a look at Wise El Nino, who's drawn the red here, chases over the 490 for the first time and has won two from two out of box one. So something to keep in mind. Premium share, we've had a look at him racing recently, obviously was a champion last year and has run down the million dollar champion last year prior to that race. But I don't think has recovered well from injury, jumps really well and has that early speed, but does tire towards the end so not, you know could come out as favorite potentially but I don't think will perform towards the end no tax. I did tip in greyhound gold yesterday and is a pretty speedy beginner so I don't think box six will actually be an issue at all so I think no tax for me in heat three
0: well just on that premium share the distance will not be a problem because we saw him successful in the derby last year over the 520 it's just a case of him not quite being at his absolute best if he returns to his best, he will be winning this race, though.
3: Definitely. Hopefully, he's actually recovered from that injury. He did take five months off, so. And Rambo's boy, not someone you're looking into. Well, funnily enough, I actually wrote it down, and I was going to ask Hayden's opinion, but he gave it to me before, so there you go. <laughs>
2: it's a dog we've mentioned a few times. Um, here on Go Greyhounds. Let's move into the next race. It's number race number five of the night. Yeah.
0: Race number five, heat number four. I'm going with Minnie's Minelli. She had terrific acceleration after box rise last start and she raced clear and she won by 11 and three-quartered lengths. Admittedly, there was trouble in behind, but she ran really strongly through the line and she has been tried over the 5.20, so I think the distance won't prove that much of an issue and there isn't a stack of early pace here. I know Mo Keeping will come across, but if she can hold out Mo Keeping, I think she'll be very hard to chop down.
2: And that was your tip last week, wasn't it, Leia?
3: It was, and it did come through, <laughs> but it, and funnily enough, Hayden and I did have a chat about this off-air, and we were both kind of going back and forth between the two runners. I think it's a two-dog race. I'm with Moe keeping, though, and I think, you know, a strong beginner handles the wider draw. One-two starts back out of this box and also one by close to about five lengths, so I think stepping up in distance, you know, will suit. I'm leaning more towards Moe keeping. You've got, be a a side bet. Side got a soft spot now. Side bet on that
0: race. Head to head.
3: Well, we'll see. I, you know what, like you did mention, Hayden Minis Minnelli has raced against Sunset Spitfire and did find trouble, so had had some excuses, but yeah, not my selection in this race.
2: It's because my keeping's done. You good in the past week, so exactly. Stick to what you know, right? It works for you. Don't fix. Don't fix it. All right, let's move on. We've got heat number five.
0: I'm going West on Aries here. I'm banking on Chris Hals having a big night. I've gone three West on dogs. He had no luck last start when he couldn't get across. Before that. Recorded two very impressive wins at Cannington, and the last time he was here over the track and distance at Mandra, he won in twenty-seven fifty-seven, and he led from box seven two ago. So I think he can lead, and I think he can win t- uh, tomorrow night.
3: Hayden, I'm sort of with you here. I have two selections: Weston Iries though I have tipped a few times previously in the past. Can run sub thirty seconds over the five twenty, and also out wide. She won three starts back. Sorry, he won three starts back out of box eight in a time of twenty-nine and ninety-five, and also out of box seven, two starts back. So the draw's not an issue for me. And there aren't too many Greyhounds in this field with the earlier speed. Shirakaba, one of the slowest runners I've ever seen out of the boxes. <laughs> this one of the slowest, but loves the fence, drawn out of box two here, so I think will be suited and is a very smart chaser. So I think Shirakaba is not one to overlook.
2: Well, there we go. Weston Aries was one you bet, uh, sorry, tipped on last night on Greyhound Gold as well, I believe.
3: Shorty did. I tipped him a couple of weeks back, but it did get scratched and then scratched the week after. But I've been following him. and I So think fingers crossed for really this guy. week.
0: The thing about Weston Aries is he's just been improving all the time throughout his career. It took him a fair while to break that maiden status, but I really think he's starting to hit his straps now and he's had that real baptism of fire and I think he can go on with it now.
2: Oh, I have to wait and see. A couple of Weston dogs for you, like you mentioned, Hayden. Could be something to look out for. I'm seeing a pattern. All right, let's move into heat number six.
3: There's only five heats, so we'll jump into <laughs> which... Got ahead of myself. All right, let's jump into Saturday night at Cannington then. Let's take a look at the free-for-all race over the 7.15. I have a soft spot for Van Buren, especially after his win in the Canning Show Cup, taking out Flake Minnelli. Um, about five starts back, I think that race is one of the quickest out of the boxes in this field. So I think has the potential, doesn't need to lead when he jumps. So even if he doesn't, I think he'll still be able to find the front. Daisy Divine might be the one to lead here, but I think he's better suited to a 600 as opposed to the 715. So we'll lead, but I think Van Buren can cross towards the end stages.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. Daisy Devine, she did really empty out last start. And Van Buren, he's just been at the top of his game recently. He was too classy for them two starts ago over this distance. Last start, he tried very hard behind Just Wins Boss over the 600. Box 5 could be okay. I think he can get room early with Daisy Devine spearing out who's quick. And Boom Down really did flop out last night over the 600 at Cannington. So with that difference of pace on either side, I think he could get a good run. And he will have... Traffic to navigate, but he might just be too good for them. So Van Buren for me.
3: Yep, happy with that, layer? Yeah, we're in ingredients here. In there, <laughs> finally, <free-for-all. laughs> finally took
2: <laughs> We took about got six it. races. <laughs> one night and one race in, and we're there. And race number seven was the other one that you guys had some some stuff to talk about.
0: I'm with Jackson County in race number seven. Career best last start, and he went 29 and a 76 after leading at Cannington for Damien Credelli. He's midway through his career, but that really could have been a coming of age run, that last start. Previously, we've seen how strong he is late, but last start, he really did put the writing on the wall, and I think he can step up now, and I think he'll be hard to beat out of box one.
2: Now, I could be wrong, but there's a Manelli dog in this race. Am I Am I right?
3: There is, and I'm actually with Thrift Manelli here, jumping out of box two. Ran second to Sunset Spitfire last start. Chase is in very, very good company, and I think, has that early speed. Jackson County, yes, drawn out of box one, which is helpful, but I think Thrift Manelli is just that bit quicker. Although we also see more deductions who's come back and has won three of his last, so a potential danger. But I'm with Thrift Manelli in this mixed 3-4 at Cannington. Not in agreement with that one?
0: No, well, just hopeful that Jackson County's on the way up. I'm going for the dog with a bit of scope, so (laughs) hopefully he can provide me with a winner and hopefully I can get one back on layer.
2: Hopefully you can <laughs> provide him with some some push to go and get it, just to get to layer. We're going to clear a short break and we'll be back after this. We welcome Hayden to the show and our show today is brought to you by Auto Hours, 24-hour mechanical and auto-electrical services. Auto Hours, family owned and operated. For more information go to autohours.com.au <coughs>
1: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Live on SCN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Welcome back to Go
3: Greyhounds. Joining us now on the show, Greyhound trainer as well as actually horse trainer, actually someone who's got a license in training in all codes, which is something very, very rare you see these days. Cody Charles joins us. How are you, Cody? Hey,
2: how are you doing?
3: Fantastic. Alexia, Hayden and Leah on the show today. Hey, Cody, thanks yeah. for
2: joining us. Thanks for giving us the time and pulling over. We know you have on your way back from trials. We'll get into that a bit later, though.
0: Cody, how are you today?
4: Yeah. yeah, good morning, Hayden. Yeah, I'm well, thanks. And good morning to everyone there on the show. Thanks for having me on.
0: So we've got an incredible guest on the show today. Cody actually has the distinguished honour of training a winner in all three codes. Cody, how did that come about, that you uh, were able to get involved in all three codes?
4: Yeah, I'm, um, I tend to love me thinking in plenty of pies, that's for sure, and uh, make, makes it harder, um, you know, to do all that sort of stuff. But um, I've been lucky enough to come from a racing background, so obviously racing's in me blood and can't think of anything else to do. But um, I'm from a... Harness, obviously Harness Racing uh, family, the Charles family um, actually fourth generation in Harness Racing so when I obviously was at school and stuff, I, I um, my dad trains horses, Kevin Charles and my brother Hayden he also drives so I went down that path of having my, my ranger's licence and trainer's licence and um, started off doing that and then um, I, had, I had a love for the greyhound so then I sort of got into both, I had the horse, horse licence and the uh, greyhound licence and then I started getting into a few syndications with the with the gallopers, um, and there was one there called Slash and Burn that uh, they wanted to move on that I was a shareholder in, and I thought to myself, why don't I buy everyone out and I'll bring them across WA and get me a license and we'll do that as well. Obviously, I I didn't have kids at the time, so it made it a bit easier. So I, I was lucky enough to get me a license and we managed to get a win with him at, at Northam. Um So yeah, that that was a good achievement um, to be able to get a win in all three codes, something that I'm pretty proud of. So, um, yeah, but no longer doing the gallopers anymore. Um, just sort of sticking focus on the, the greyhounds and um, obviously still not driving anymore in harness racing, but um, very heavily involved in the uh, breeding side.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that you're still really involved in the breeding side and you're not involved in the gallops anymore, but do you see yourself venturing back into them in the future or are you just focused on the dogs at the moment?
4: Yeah, at the moment, probably heavily focused on the greyhounds. I've um, got a few um, well-bred brood bitches that have just come in season. I've got a litter of pups on the ground there now out of a a really nice bitch called Meridol. She's won about $95,000 in 25 races. So I've got seven pups on the ground that are only like six weeks old by Zambor and Rocky, so excited about them. Um, We've just bred Starlight April, who's a daughter of Fernando Bale out of Starlight Dally, who's a full sister to Miada, So she's really well bred. She's just been mated to Aston DB. Um, and I've got a Miada bitch there called Talia. Brae. It's been bred to Aston, to Mido. And I've got a dog in the back of the trailer now that I'm heading to Kudar to get a proj test done. Um, she was a real smart bitch called It's a Diamond. Um, she's a 32nd bitch at Cannington. She's going to go to Zambor Rocky too. So the future there is um, we're going to be pretty heavily involved with a lot of puppies. So at the moment, main focus is on the greyhounds um, and I'll still obviously stay heavily involved with the harness racing breeding side of things um, and obviously I'm the sort of a stud manager for a couple of stowings that I um, sell the frozen semen for. So we've got about 26 foals on the ground this year that we've bred that'll go through the yearling sales over the years.
2: So you just come back from trials this morning, Cody. Who were the dogs that you had with you and which ones should we take note of?
4: Uh, we just got a... Only, it was a quiet morning now. I've sort of got a few... Um, most of my kennels is up on racing now, so we just had two that we took to trials today. We've got a uh, bitch called uh, Zipping Jade. Um, she was, I was hoping she'd go around on Monday. Um, she only got a reserve, so I decided just to just give her a short 275 trial. She's probably 16 19, So I'm sure if she got to start Monday, that would see her in the finish in that type of class of race. And I've got a young pup there that looks to be um, coming along all right. Um, still early days, but her name's Blue Jean Bandit. Uh, sorry, Blue Jean Baby. Amy, name is, so um, she's probably one to keep an eye on in the future.
3: Well, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on both of those, well, all those greyhounds. You had Burra Gold win last night at Cannington. Did you anticipate this going into the race?
4: Um, yeah, hey, Lane. I had um, two dogs in that race, and, and uh, on, on paper, I thought that it was a winnable race. Um, Burra Gold, she's no world beater, but she um, you know, she's always there about to the money. I think she's probably got a 50% strike rate in top three, but she had her box um, last night, she, she um, you know, the, the race did look, it was like one of their races on paper. So, yeah, Bureau Gold got the money and, unfortunately, um, one of the keepers pulled up lame in the run. So she was up there early and then um, she, she dropped out. So it was nice to get one over Sure, that Yeah, it was good.
3: You've also got Soldado chasing in the heads of the Kenyana Cup. What do you think of his chances going into the race? I
4: think he's a good chance. Um, he's been a bit of a frustrating dog. He, he trials the house down and, you um, He's actually starting to really put it together. His last three or four runs have actually been sensational. I've been really happy with the way he's going. Um, definitely likes Mandra better than Cannington. Um, so, now he's in, in good form. Um, and, obviously, it's, it's a hard race being a heat of the Canyon Cup, but I think he'll definitely find out the finish. He's racing in good spirit and, um, yeah, good each way chance for sure.
0: In the eighth, you've got Hatari Storm drawn five. I remember this dog racing in New South Wales. Firstly, tell us just how you got hold of him.
4: Yeah, I enough, actually had a bet on the dog um, at Richmond uh, when he won and um, pretty much what I won on him basically paid for the dog. So uh, I backed him two starts in a row there and he got the cash both times and then um, he come, the dog come on the market. So I thought I'd buy him. He basically turned out being a freebie with what we won. So uh, he's done a pretty good job since he's come over. I think he's won four for me, four out of maybe nine races, something like that. So he's ticking along all right.
3: Cody, um, did you... Cody, did you have a big amount on him or did he come out at big odds?
4: Uh, First up, he was around $15, so he didn't have have too much on to to get a nice result. But, yeah, it was a a nice little fill-up, that's for sure.
0: He's had one go at the track and distance in the race he's competing in on uh, Friday, and he's got plenty of early speed. Is he any chance of figuring in the finish?
4: Yeah, I think so. It looks a decent race on paper. He actually... um, He's probably not beginning quite as good as I anticipated him to. Whether the boxes are different here than what they were at Richmond, but he um, he was airborne out of the boxes over there. Maybe a bit different class too, but um, obviously stepping back up to 4.05, he should definitely be better suited. Last week, he raced on Monday in the Dart Heats against some real slick speeches in WA. He was up against Rollout and the likes and run through to them. So, obviously, I think he should find himself in a prominent position early and um, he should be thereabouts.
0: We'll be crossing the fingers, and you do have some good dogs going around at the moment. But you won the Oaks earlier this year with Cabago. Was that your biggest thrill in uh, greyhound racing?
4: Yeah, absolutely. That was a massive thrill. Um, I purchased her as as just a puppy, so um, it's been really good. Would have been even better if I was to be able to breed her. But um, I bought a few, made a few investments, bought a range of different puppies, and. um, yeah, it was good to have them from three months of age and then sort of bring them up and do everything with them and get them up to a race like that. Um, no, it was, it was really exciting. So had a few dramas with her not wanting to go in the catching pen, so she has been a bit of a nightmare. But, um, yeah, hopefully she'll be back at the track soon and, um, yeah, get back into the winner's circle.
3: How do you sort of train that out of a pup or how do you handle that situation when they have issues with the catching um, pen?
4: Yeah, it's, it's been tough. I'd love to be able to race her. So what we had been doing is every time we trialled, we sort of just finish on finish her on the arm every time. And obviously we're lucky now that Cannington every second week is the finish on Lua. So we've been doing that. Um, and then I gave her a few runs there. I gave her a couple of runs at Mandra too, and she didn't seem to have a problem down there, but just didn't seem to find the form that we expected to. So i sort of decided to stay away from there and just race her every second week and sort of had to trial in between runs and always finish her on, on the arm. Um but we did, her last run, we actually um, re-qualified her and she went into the catching pen and then obviously she made the Young Stars final um, and she had no dramas then, but she actually um, broke the end of the tail. Um, so she had to have a little operation on that and she's back out again. So hopefully the little break also might freshen her mind up and I'm hoping she might forget about it and go into the catching pen a bit more easily.
2: I've got a question for you, Cody. So earlier this yes. year, I went and visited Jamie Marsh's kennel and he told me about every day of the year One of those days was Christmas, and obviously the dogs don't know that it's Christmas. So what does Christmas Day look like for you as a greyhound uh, trainer?
4: Uh, Probably 10 times busier than Jamie Marsh's because Jamie's only got (laughs) greyhounds where I've got horses, kids, dogs, birds, cows. (laughs) So you should have actually a
3: training licence in probably four codes instead of three.
4: Yeah, it's a nightmare. So, yeah, it's 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 probably a... An earlier start than any other day of the year because uh, I want to get back and watch my kids unwrap their presents and all the rest, and obviously family gatherings and stuff. So I'm going to have to try and sweet talk one of my workers to see if uh, <laughs> they maybe do it the afternoon, but uh, it might cost me an arm and a leg to be able to get someone to do that on Christmas Day.
2: It might be the sweetest talking you've ever had to do, unfortunately.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. So, um, yeah, no, it's always a good day, but it's always a busy day.
3: Well, Cody, you're a very, very busy man. Thank you for joining us on the show today and we wish you all the best coming into the Kenyana Cup and with your other chases as well.
4: No problem. Thanks for having me on the show. Have a great day, guys.
3: Thank you.
2: And a Merry Christmas on that as well. We're going to take a short break and after that we are joined by someone who makes the industry happen and that's the Noel Riley. We'll be back after this.
1: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
2: But this week it's with myself, Alexia, Hayden, King and Leia as well. We've had a big show uh, today and to now we're going to be joined by someone who makes the industry sort of happen here in WA. And that's the CEO of Greyhounds WA, Noel Riley. Noel, thank you so much for joining us here on Go Greyhounds.
5: Pleasure, Alexia. Look forward to it.
2: Yeah, and we are, we are looking forward to it too, more so than anyone, anyone. Hayden, aren't you?
0: Oh, definitely. I'm a big fan of Noel, so... Um Looking forward to getting to know Noel a bit better.
2: Well, Noel, why don't you tell us about how you got into the industry?
5: Right, um, it, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting for me step. Uh, I've had a long career in um, facility management, Institute of Sport, uh, um, National Sports Centre, Canberra. Here over at what was known as Superdrome, all that type of stuff. I've always been in this, this style of business, but I went into work for Racing and Wagering WA uh, the start of 2011 and I was working in the uh, projects area and the grants area of doing um, facility upgrades for uh, all the race clubs, all three codes, and um, got involved a fair bit with the Greyhound rebuild of the new Cannington. Um, did a stint as Harness uh, harness Code Manager for a while, and then the, the job of CEO at WAGRA came up, um, Greyhounds WA, and thought, uh, why not, this would be a great way to take me out to my retirement, which, you know, hopefully I'll work to 80. <laughs> um, and it was just sort of fell into that that path. I mean, uh, I had not, other than when we were younger, taking the kids along to a Wednesday night at Cannington during school holidays, um, uh, that was probably the only exposure I had to greyhound racing. And um, uh, it grabs you. It's uh, uh, w- w- Once you're invested in it in... Uh, um, in a role, you become quite passionate about it, and you uh, become an ambassador for it in, in many respects. And uh, so uh, that's how uh, that's how we live and operate. It's uh, it's been that journey.
3: Greyhounds definitely do get your attention. I can attest to that. I've become very passionate with them. In your time as CEO, what has been one of the biggest accomplishments in the industry, in your personal opinion?
5: Oh, in the industry as a whole, has been the um, the. Rebooting and the the adaptation and adoption of uh, the welfare aspects of the of the code, um, it is, it's been a tenuous journey over over time, where um, when the the issues of New South Wales caused uh, uh, a lot of uh, angst within the industry itself, and uh, had people on on the you know on the back foot and people attacking that type of thing, um, but the response from all levels of the industry to um, protect and project what, in fact, had been a, uh, a quite a positive experience in Western Australia. Um, to even take that now to another level, uh, and, and and it's the commitment to it is still ongoing, and it's it's getting larger and larger. So that, that's probably been the biggest accomplishment of the industry uh, in terms of. Uh, uh, WAGRA, I suppose it's now been... We now race seven days a week. I think there's very few days that end in Y that we don't race. <laughs> Christmas Day, Easter Sunday, uh, a couple of things like that. So um, transitioning the, uh, the WAGRA team from a six to a seven day, uh, that's, that's required a lot of commitment from a whole heap of all of the foot soldiers, all of the people who deliver on a day-by-day basis now, um, and, and you can't sing their praises high enough. They've, uh, they've done some great stuff. So that's probably been the, um, uh, the journey, I suppose. It's been uh, quite positive. There's, there's lots of you know, little things you hang your hat on and think, you know, yeah I did this, I did that. But really, it's a whole of team effort because um, whilst you have a hierarchy, you're really actually captaining in a team. It's not, uh, it's not sort of a dictatorial arrangement at all.
0: I was actually looking at the financial report from this year, and it showed a forty-nine percent increase in the adoptions through the GAP program. So that's just an attestment to how oh. the work you're doing and uh, how important that
5: is. Well, the the, the GAP program initiated uh, was initiated by Greyhounds WA oh, quite a few years back, and it's transitioned over to racing and wagering now. And just uh, the uh, it, it's almost. De that you have to have a greyhound when you're out walking a dog these days. It's fantastic. I mean, uh, we're, we're recent uh, converts at home. We, we now have our own greyhound who's taken over our life. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're, they're like animals that possess you, and, and it's been fantastic experience for us. Uh, but it, you're right, Hayden, that... that that growth is um, is positive and the the gap program that's part of that expansion of the racing and wagering have taken on it's part of that commitment to animal welfare and it's almost like the um, from from birth through to transition out the, the, the control the um, preparation for post racing careers for greyhounds is just out of this world now. And we're one of the leading states. I mean, in, in our overall welfare initiatives that we have in place, WA's the market. We've got the gold standard in three or four areas. Um, catching up on GAP is now... that That's now an area where we're going to... Uh, we'll probably, on a per capita, exceed some of the other states, which is quite good, um, given our population. It's fabulous.
0: Not only the GAP program, but there was that slump in turnover a few years ago, but we've seen that resurgence now in the last couple of years what can you attribute that turnover boost to
5: now this is where you're getting me into some of my 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 figure, uh and stats nut, that's what we want <laughs> that's good so look um just just to give you a, a snapshot year on year from this year to <clears throat> excuse me from this year to last year in the in the first 3 months of the year we're now um so we've had 92 race meetings in that time uh, and the equivalent last year was 79 race meetings. So we've had that growth in, in the race meetings so therefore there's an inherent growth just based on meetings. But the but the, the metric that you look at, or the two metrics that you look at, are, what's the gross turnover all channels? So that's from interstate, international, uh, our local and all the other competitors in our uh, WATAB. Um, if you look at what the... Uh, the measure was last year, which was about 1.88 million per race meeting. We're currently tracking at 2.83 per race meeting. So you know, a $900,000 turnover increase every race meeting, and to take that to a race level, last year it was $161,000 per race that would be gross wagered over that period, um, $255. So the the, the, the growth. Kick really started when COVID hit in um, in this year, uh, when people were locked down and not much to do. There was a, a reinvestment in the entertainment, um, the the entertainment of the racing industry. All three codes experienced uh, similar. But here in Greyhounds, we've. Uh, We've really kicked some big, big goals. Uh, those numbers, if they continue, are quite phenomenal. Because what what that means for we at the club level is that there's a greater opportunity for distribution from the racing and wagering. Uh, so there's more money available, more money for reinvestment in welfare, reinvestment in stakes, reinvestment in some of the club activities. So that's uh, that's been positive. So the other the other part of it is that <clears throat> at a local level and um, we're seeing a resurgence over on-course attendance, which is, again, had been in decline. Um, we've got a different product. The racing product is a uh, better enhancer. It's welfare initiative, some of the TV stuff that we've been doing, some of the stuff we're doing on uh, Go Greyhound, some of the stuff that we do on Gold, which, layer I see you've, uh, you've almost taken ownership of that. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, that's great. Um, we've also seen, um, you know, for example, we've we've delivered over 13,000 uh, meals uh, since just in the first three months of this financial year um, at Cannington and Mandra. So that, that's bums on seats. So that's 13,000 people that traditionally would have been, this time last year was about ten, probably 9,000 when I look back at the figures. So there's been a... Um, COVID has locked people's ability to go to other places Um, interstate and interest in the earlier days and now obviously international but um, families are coming back and they're enjoying it and we're uh, you know we're slowly upgrading facilities to ensure that we can meet uh, and exceed that demand
3: no we touched on distribution a tiny bit earlier on i had a chat to the general manager of racing um charlotte mills and we yeah we had a chat about the greyhound sector and there's you know, money going into track enhancements, $1.85 million, and we've got a million-dollar boost in prize money as well for provincial and country stakes to increase the returns of owners and trainers. So, you know, we can definitely justify that distribution, Absolutely. especially with the turnover growth that you've had this year.
5: Yeah, yeah. and just coming back on the, um, the $1.85 million, that's to be invested to, to further enhance the track safety and the animal welfare opportunity for racing. So really great initiative. That uh, racing and waging have taken on, and uh, we're obviously on board with it. We're we're running a project to look at laser levelling equipment to ensure that we can grade our tracks to. Uh, design standard every time we put a tractor around. So there's some really good stuff going on. Um, you know, we've got d- different equipment to monitor track conditions. We've got weather stations at uh, Mandra Sorry, at Cannington's up and running. Mandrill's have theirs up and running soon. So yeah, we, we're really trying to bring some science and some uh, con- oh, yeah well, consistency of uh, of maintenance and management to uh, to further enhance the. Um, the track conditions so the animals race on premium tracks.
0: Now, I can't lie, Noel, I'm calling the action at Cannington on New Year's Eve and you've broken my heart a little bit here because I've found out there's going to be no fireworks.
5: Uh, I'll confirm that. Uh, We (laughs) had an industry meeting yesterday. I'm sorry that your heart has been rendered asunder. Um, Um, I don't think I'll ever recover. (laughs) uh, You might. You might. We're having a look at can we do it for Perth Cup. Uh, but then you may not be calling Perth Cup, but you well, might come on to the fire. You firework. might have to
0: ask Peter O'Neill about that. I don't <laughs> think he'd be quite so agreeable.
5: Oh, so he wanted New Year's off? Well, good on him.
3: <laughs> no, before well, we let you go, a um, yep. little birdie told me, and by a little birdie, Kieran, um, said yes. that it, you just celebrated recently your anniversary. Congratulations. Happy anniversary you for you much. and your wife. Th-
5: thank you very much for that. Yes, and uh, his, his dear sainted mother, uh, mm-hmm. Aka my dear spouse, um, uh, she obviously done uh, no, no, She not obviously you, but had birthday the next day. So the 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 the, the in joke for the family is, um, uh, if I bugger up the anniversary, I won't forget the birthday.
2: <laughs> You've got twenty four <laughs> hours to fix it. No, Riley. Really. Thank you so much for joining us here on Go Greyhounds. It's been an absolute cool. pleasure to have you on. Happy anniversary yeah. and merry Christmas.
5: And you enjoy it, and we look forward to seeing you all around the track. Uh, uh, Leia, keep up the good work on that gold. <laughs> Thank you so much. I enjoy Go Greyhounds. Hayden, good, good luck with that calling. Thanks so much. Oh, done.
0: Alright,
2: we're going to take a short break and after that, David Short will join us to give us some more tips over the weekend.
1: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Live on ACN track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
0: Welcome back to Go Greyhounds. Big night of chasing last night at Cannington. David Short is on the line. He's going to tell us all about it. Morning, Shorty.
6: Yes, hello Hayden, Lexley. Great to be with you guys. It was another excellent night of chasing there last night at Cannington. Uh, well done to Deggio, and he had hashtag that's been a. Pr- Perennial place getter, but broke through last night. It was a good effort in 16.24. Burning Passion was one of the wins of the night. This is one to jot down into your black book. 29.95 there winning the maiden. Not many dogs break 30 seconds to win their first race. So Burning Passion. Jot it down and follow it through the grades. I thought the 600 metre race was very interesting. Uh, The short price favourite just wins. Boss couldn't lead and found itself right down the track. drifting away was a solid performance to win there. Prime whiskers for Glenn Price, a nice winner in 2190. Uh, Deeper into the card, Westdale Ophelia is another greyhound that we can follow heading forwards. in the wilderness for a little while, but very capable type, should improve. And Ratanui Louie went round at massive odds last night, $21. But uh, the time was there. 29.88 is another dog that we can follow with a bit of confidence over the next little patch.
2: And on, on Friday night at Amandra is the Kanyana Cup. What have you got for us there? A couple of heats to cover as well.
6: Really exciting, Lex, and um, obviously uh, a bit of interest with uh, Jumbo Jet, my grey and Tommy Shelby's bro going around. So we'll be cheering super hard for Jumbo Jet. He's a pretty solid winning hope. Runs into Callum's dog Alamosa Bill. So uh, the big uh, the big rundown's on here, um, and Callum's confident, and so am I. So uh, I think out to along with. Weston Roger look the big three in that particular heat. Looking for better bets on the card, I thought race six, number seven, Weston Aries. Uh, this dog has a good record at the track. Handles wide draws, no problem at all. It's got good early pace. She'll be right up on top of the speed and hard to beat. Race six, number seven, Weston Aries. The best of the night. The value looks to be race seven, number one, Santa's Magic. This greyhound was back to the brilliant best last time out running. Best of night figures. I think off the inside draw, Santa's Magic can give plenty of cheek. Then deeper into the card, the dog is just fizzing through the grades Planet Ox looks a leg of the Maltese race 11, number eight, Planet Ox. But a really good program Friday night there at Mandra.
2: And what about Saturday night? I mean, you know, race uh, sorry, Friday night at Mandra, I think lays in complete agreement with you through uh, Western Aries there and uh, sticking with the Santa's magic Christmas spirit. So, Saturday, what have you got for us there?
6: Saturday's a really good card, and I think uh, we can get something out of race three, number eight, Wicked Rhythm. This greyhound had no luck in the wide draw last time out, but there's not a lot of early pace here, and I would expect Wicked Rhythm to be able to get across the face of the field, find the top, and from there, if it can run to that 34.60 the, the time standard this dog ran two back, Wicked Rhythm would have uh, an awful lot of uh, stopping in this particular event. So race three, number eight, Wicked Rhythm, best bet on the program. Pretty keen on race six, number five, Van Buren. Uh, really nice stayer. Uh, Grace Ali and Burson in the race they certainly are capable but I'm certainly leaning towards Van Buren to get the job done race 6, number 5 and I thought Thrift Manelli, fresh off that Ripper run last week in the anniversary cup final when runner up behind Sunset Spitfire uh, that's a very good form reference for a mixed grade 3 and 4 on a Saturday night so 3 for me on Saturday night race 3, number 8 Wicked Rhythm race 6, number 5 Van Buren and uh, we'll hopefully be getting each way about race 7, number 2 Thrift Manelli.
3: I'm on board with you there, shorty. This week we've been on par with our tips. I really like the look of West um, West on as well as Wicked Rhythm.
6: Or well, let's hope that we're on the same page and getting some winners for the punters there, Leia. And just quickly as well, good luck to Tommy Shelby tonight. He, he's not a trial dog, and his trial to get within half a length of the track record last week was outstanding and gives us a really good indication that he's ready to fire tonight. This could be the group one that he's been waiting for. Uh, tick tonk appears the main danger. They both have to get through their heats tonight, but I expect them to both win and win well tonight. And the big showdown will be on heading into that final next Thursday.
3: And he's got that vacant box as well to his side, which should be helpful.
6: Indeed. And that's all he needs, just a bit of room to move. Uh, First, look at a horseshoe circuit. We don't have any here in WA, but looks like he's taken to it like a duck to water. So I'd expect Tommy Shelby to really light the clock up there tonight.
2: If anyone can do it, Tommy Shelby can.
6: Oh, big time. And, And he's been so consistent and reliable against our Group 1 dogs over the last six to seven weeks. So he really... Deserves one. Hopefully, uh, this is the Group 1 that Tommy's been yearning for. He's in tip-top order, and hopefully he can bring home the Group 1 glory to WA.
3: We'll wish him all the best, as well as the Withers over there. Thank you for your time, Shorty. Now, Hayden, what are your best bets coming into chasing this weekend?
0: Well, he's got the double anchor, West on Aries, because I really do agree with Shorty. I'm with West on Aries, but earlier on in the program, I also like West on Roger. so I'm banking on Chris Howells to have a really big night, as I mentioned, race two, what, number five West on Roger for me.
2: Leah, what
3: about you? Oh, there's so many good dogs chasing, especially in the heats. I really like Van Buren. I actually, we didn't mention this chaser, but I do also think Planet Ox has been chasing in really, really good form for Paul Stewart. So, one to look after there. I'm very interested to see heat one of the Kenyana Cup if it will be between Jumbo Jet, Elamosa, Bill or Weston Roger.
2: Righto. We've got lots of tips to follow this weekend. That's all we have time for here on Go Greyhounds. Another episode done and dusted. Hayden King, Leia, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. We'll be back next week.
1: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.